Hi, Rav Judah here with Masachet of Bodhazara, Parak Bet Mishnah Zion, dedicated towards the Schut of Rafur Shlema for Tova Miriam Bat Devorah Mendel. This Mishnah is in many ways the opposite of the prior Mishnah, because now it's coming to say what's permissible with eating, and it's going to use a lot of the same cases. These are things that are permitted to eat from a Gentile. That assumes that you have reason to believe that there is you know, non-kosher ingredients, as we'll see, uh, but that we had decrees on specific things in the prior Mishnah because there's a general problem with adding these things in. These things are not that we're mentioning now are not subject to that decree. So, for example, if a non-Jew, a Gentile, is milking an animal and a Jew sees him milking, so then you know what animal came from and you know that it's kosher. Unlike wine, where a Jew has to actually make the wine, when it comes to milk, it has to be the case that you just know that it's kosher milk. So you know because you saw him. The hadvash, honey. So honey is not a problem in terms of people adding things because any additions or things that come out of vessels are going to ruin the flavor. And it's not a problem of a non-Jew cooking it because that decree only applies to foods that need to be cooked. Honey doesn't need to be cooked. You can eat honey raw. The hadav raniyot avalpishibinatfin. The raniyot are like a like a cluster of grapes. So you'd say, oh, they're dripping liquid. So isn't that juice now? For all I know, he the gentile rinsed it in a delicious wine, or maybe that liquid already is wine and it's being bought from a gentile. So it already was wine when it's on the outside of the skins of the grapes. No, don't worry about that. Uh, they're just they're really just clusters of grapes for eating. You don't have to assume that they added something on top of it. And the stuff that's on the outside, we said that it really only becomes wine and subject to the laws when it's separated from the grape which this isn't. It also doesn't become Tameh, as we saw in Masachet Eduyo, that in order for something to be one of the seven liquids that causes things to be, um, that facilitate the transference of Tumah, uh, of ritual impurity, so partially that involves that liquid to be there in order for it to be a, uh, a Tumah conductor. But if you don't want it there, you don't, nobody wants the juice on the outside of the grapes, you want the juice in the grapes. You don't have to worry about it. So the last Mishnah had talked about uh, things that are pickled, and when people would add in wine or wine vinegar. Here, if it's the kind of pickling that people don't add that into, then you don't worry about it. The tarit she'ena trufa. So tarit was also mentioned in the last Mishnah, but this is now that fish when it's not chopped up. So you can actually see the fins and scales. You can see that it's a kosher fish. And the brine that still has the little fish swimming in it, we said the little fish don't do well, they only do well in a, uh, if there's nothing added that would be not kosher. Um, so as opposed to, you know, we mentioned in the past Mishnah that the kilbeet is sort of in this in this uh, in this brine, and it only would live in a kosher brine. So here, if it has fish and it has kilbeet in it, so then you don't have to worry about it. So we said the chilti, we had a problem with when it gets uh, when it gets crushed up and chopped up with a knife that could have things on it that are not kosher. But here, this is just chilti leaves. So don't worry about it. They're, they're not chopped up in that way or cut with those sorts of knives. Vizetim gluskaot megugalin. And olives that are soaked uh, or softened. So we say that that soaking and softening is not done with wine in it, so you don't have to worry. You can buy soft alps. But not everybody agrees. Rabbi Yossi Omer Hashluchin Asurin. So Rabbi Yossi says that if they're not just soft, but very soft, like really, really soft olives, that's already a problem. Perhaps they added wine, and that was part of the process that softened the olives up so much. Chagavima Bayim Minaslula Asurin. Okay, so if one is buying dried of the kosher variety of locusts, uh, there are most varieties of locusts are not kosher, but there are those that are. So if one's buying, let's say, like dried locusts for a snack, uh, high in protein. So if you're buying them from a basket in front of the shop, there's a concern that they may have sprinkled some wine on it to give it a little flavor, and that would be forbidden. Mean.
Haheftek mutarin. If it's in the back storeroom where they just store them dry, it's okay. We don't assume that they're going to put wine on things that are in the back room because the stuff in the back room is being stored for longer. So from back there, you could get some, if it's a kosher variety of locusts. Vachin the truma. This last bit is like, what? So too for truma. What are we talking about with truma? Truma is the part that you give to a kohen. So there are very interesting economics behind truma. Namely, that people give usually 2%, but uh, they give a portion of their crop to a Kohen, and the Kohen also gets 1%, a tenth of the tenth that's given to Levites, to Levium. Go out and get like 3% of the crop. The rules are, though, it has to be eaten tahor, and it has to be eaten by, by a Kohen, which means that there can be quite a bit more truma than there is you know, then there's really demand for. And so Kohanim sometimes want to unload their truma. The problem is they can only sell it to another Kohen and has rules around it. You have to eat it while you're tower, this and that. So it's, it's really not that marketable. And so some Kohanim who were not reputable would get truma and then turn it around and sell it as regular produce to try to fetch a better price because you have a much wider base of consumers who can actually eat it. And so there's a problem with that. Obviously people, you don't want people eating truma that they're not supposed to be eating because they're not a Kohen. So what do we do? So we say that if a Kohen has a shop in the market and they're selling produce out front, we worry that it might be truma. But we are not worried if they go and fetch you something from the back room because if they're actually storing truma in their back room and they get found out, their whole shop is going to be shut down. They can't just say, oh, it was just a basket in the front. I didn't really mean it. I thought people knew, oh, my sign disappeared. So that could say in the front. If they're selling you from the back room and it's truma, they're going to get shut down. And that might be enough of an economic incentive, a risk of loss, that the Kohen will not do it. And therefore, you don't have to worry if they get you, if a Kohen in the Shook is selling you produce from the back room, that's okay.